good, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Talk Yo Talk. It's your boy Marcus Graves here with my guy Justin Henry, man. Uh, another week. Uh, we're gonna get in this week. We're gonna get into some NBA. Uh, you know, a little summer league recap, and then get into some NFL predictions, some MVP predictions, and uh, go from there. And uh, my man Justin, how you doing, man? Yes, sir. You already know, man. Talking yeah. summer league. I've been I've been waiting for this NFL talk for like two weeks since our last episode, yeah. bro. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We we took took the week off last week. Uh, that only makes the content, you know, a little more a little more exciting this week. So I'm yes, definitely sir. excited, man. Uh, yeah, just came off the of summer league. Uh, just got back from Vegas, man. It was an exciting summer league. Um, just looking, you know, looking back on it, man. What, what was your your biggest takeaway from summer league? Who impressed you? Who didn't impress you? Um, and you know, what are you looking forward to for the NBA season? Yeah, no, summer league was dope, man. Getting to see some of these young guys like Chet early on. We had talked about, you know, some of the who we thought was going to be shining, and Chet, man, early on looked like he's going to be be able to play this game, you know, and. Yeah. Uh, I think his size, he's going to have to fill out his frame a little bit, but you can see the potential when it comes to Chet. He caught my eye early on. And then little known Kenny Lofton Jr., not little, Thanks. big Kenny yeah. Lofton big Jr. Big Kenny Lofton Jr. <laughs> he came in uh, and made his presence known, man. So seeing him on uh, on display, like really kind of elevating his stock during summer league was cool to see, man, because, you know, a lot of people have summer league, oh, you don't pay attention to it, but it's like guys are out there showing out this year. Absolutely, man. I think it was very interesting. Like you mentioned, Chet, man, he looked really good, uh, especially in the Salt Lake City Summer League, uh, you know, the first couple games there. Um, and then, you know, my my biggest my biggest uh, person who was impressive was, you know, uh, Keegan Murray, Sacramento. I know we talked about him, man, and, yeah. uh, you know, we thought we both agreed he was probably one of the most NBA-ready at this point. Yep. Um, and he showed it, man. And, you know, not, even, not only just scoring the ball, but just, like, his efficiency. He was shooting, you know, eight for 13, nine for 14. Like, being being on a team like the Kings, man, that's going to be big for them, being able to some, – somebody who can just hit shots, you know, yeah. um, spread the floor for Fox and Sabonis. And I think that's going to be big. And then uh, another one that, you know, that was really interesting to me was uh, J.D. Davidson at a, uh, from the Boston Celtics. Uh, he was a second-round pick. I believe he's like 56 overall. So, you know, towards the end of the second round. Uh, he was just a, you know, overall, like he just ran the team very well, man. He was going like 15, seven and seven every night. Um, and, you know, that's just another piece for the Celtics, man. You know, I, I, as a, I think they're just getting stronger as a team. Uh, you know, like we mentioned earlier, uh, in a, in a couple episodes ago, you know, their depth was a lack that kind of hurt them in the finals. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, just building young pieces and getting guys who can contribute any given night, man, that's going to be big for them. Yeah, you mentioned Keegan Murray, too. I want to touch back on him, man. It's, you know, when you look at him, he's like, he's ready to go. And you mentioned how he's going to help the Kings. Uh, you know, obviously, I think a lot of people were like, hey, they should have took Jaden Ivey or maybe let somebody trade up to go get him. But they got their guy, and it was evident. I am concerned with how they're going to use him uh, with because he had a lot of volume in summer league. You'll, you'll get to touch the rock a lot, get volume. But that's not always the case when you're on a super with a team with superstars. So I want to see how he meshes well when he's playing more of a third or fourth role in the offense. But, but yeah, man, it was fun to watch. And then your guy out there was showing out too, Jeff Dowden, man. He was putting man. in some work out there. Yeah, that's my guy, man. Jeff was doing his thing. Uh, I was really happy for him, man. He got a good opportunity with Toronto. Yeah. Um, and Jeff, Jeff's just steady, man. He's consistent, uh, consistent player, and that's. You know, when you're trying to make it into the league, trying to find a spot in the league, man, consistency is huge for for a guy like that. And uh, you know, I think he, I think he, he'll find his spot in the NBA at some point. 
Uh, yeah. You know, he's, you know, longer point point guard, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, point guard. Um, so, man, I think, you know, I think even like in, like we mentioned, Toronto, I think is a good spot for him because they kind of, they play that kind of small ball, five out. Uh, yeah. They switch everything and he fits perfectly in that. So, well, it'll be interesting to see, man. I, I think he definitely took advantage of his opportunity in uh, in Vegas. And uh, we'll see what happens moving forward with him, though, for sure. What do you think? Like, out, obviously, Summer League is short, man. It's a couple weeks. And, uh, you know, there's, what, five, six games that teams play. What do you think – who do you think benefits the most from this? Like, the teams, the young guys that are out there, the guys that are trying to get on rosters, or, like, those three-, four-year vets who just need extra run. Like, who do you think is the biggest beneficiary out of the time down there? Yeah, I think I think it's a little bit of both, man. It's a mixture. I think uh, obviously you got the guys, you, like you mentioned, the vets who are trying to you know prove themselves and and make that roster, um, you know, give that like last little push to show teams that you know they can uh, that they can they can contribute to the team. Um, but I think it's also good for like the rookies, man, just to get their feet wet. Like you, you see, you got a lot of guys struggle, um, the young guys especially in some league. But it's just it's all a learning process. You know, I took Jabari Smith, for instance. Uh, a lot of guys were getting on Jabari Smith. You know, he wasn't yeah. kind of living up to that top three hype. Um, it kind of just looked like he was forcing it a little bit. But, I mean, that's that's what it's about, man. Like, that's what Summer League's about. Um, but you saw him. Like, people people that were saying that on the offense end, you know, but you see on the defense end, the, the impact he can make. Um, yep. 6'10", can switch one through five. Like, uh, so it'll be interesting, man. I think – for me, I think it's I think it's a little mix of both. But if I had to say, I'd probably say that the young guys probably benefit a little bit more just because it gets that little, just gets it out of the way. You know, those first couple of games, you know, maybe the nerves yeah. and anxiety. So, yeah, and they you can tell there's a little chippiness down there too. Paolo was out there yeah. talking a lot, man. We saw him yeah. trying to make it. He, he fought out too. Um, yeah. But- Guys are kind of trying to make a name for himself. Chat got six blocks and was like, "Oh, that's that's the record. That's it." Like, yeah, these young guys come Chet, out with the Chet got a, Chet got a little shit to him, man. Yeah. He got a little he got a little <laughs> attitude to him. And uh, at first, I was kind of like, I don't know if I really like that. But now that I think about it, I feel like he kind of needs to have that. Yeah, um, because he's a guy that like obviously people are going to come at him for his size. Right. And he's got to have something. He's got to have something to where he can, you know, you know, bark back and um, kind of have that chip on his shoulder as well. So I kind of like it now. I, at first, I was a little like, I don't know. I think he needs to calm down <laughs> a little bit. But you know, I, I think I like it now. Yeah, when you seven one, about one hundred eighty five pounds, you gotta you gotta have something else yeah. backing that up, man. Because the play obviously does a lot of talking, but then you know on yeah. the court, he's he's hearing that shit all day, man. Yeah, Probably getting bullied absolutely. around too. We saw Kenny Lofton versus him. Just kind of bully him around Man. a little bit. So I think yeah. you mentioned a really good point in that summer league isn't necessarily like you have to play your best. It's about finding out where you are too. It's a really good measuring stick uh, for these guys to figure out. All right, I know Chet has to go go put some weight on. Like it's just one of those things he has to go put some weight on. Uh, and then like you mentioned, Jabari Smith, he's got to go to work on the offensive end, get a little more assertive and and find his groove. So in Keegan Murray, he don't really got nothing to work on because he played perfect, perfect during summer league. Nah. But that's, yeah. I feel like you made a really good point, though, and it's like that measuring stick is important for a lot of these guys to figure out. I got three more months until the season starts. So what do I need to work on? Exactly, exactly. And I think that even, you know, even for guys who are like second-year guys and guys who maybe didn't play as much the rookie year, it's all it's the same thing. It's a good measuring stick, man, just to see where you are and see, you know, what you can do to improve and, you know, training – He 
camp starts in roughly, you know, six, six, seven time for, you know, those guys to, to, to get back and get back in the gym and work on things. So, um, yeah, so it, it's interesting, man. And, you know, just speaking, speaking of training camp, speaking of, you know, the NBA season, hey. see you got the Lakers, the Lakers hat on today, man. What, what you, what you think is going on in LA, man? What you think is going on in La La Land? We keeping Russ or what? I don't know, man. They've there's been so many different rumors about like Kyrie's for sure coming to LA, and then it's like uh-huh. you know the guys are trying to work stuff out. Then we see Russ and Braun at the same game, but like not acknowledging each other. So there's obviously something going on there, and I personally don't see how Russ is playing with this team next year. I would love to see it because I think this team needs redemption in the worst way. But there's just too much – I think there's too much negative energy going on with the Lakers right now, and there has to be some kind of change to bring some positive momentum. So I know I know LeBron ain't trying to go another year without making the playoffs. What you think, yeah. man? You think they? You think this team as is right now can go on a playoff, a deep playoff run, be championship contenders, or you think it's going to take a move, go getting a Kyrie or some other major move? Uh, man, I think it, it's weird because I feel like – I feel like the Lakers are kind of they were kind of stuck in that waiting that waiting period and they didn't necessarily make like championship moves. They got some good young guys to contribute for sure yeah. and I think they you know they shored up some depth. Um but I feel like when you look at prior LeBron teams who made, you know, championship runs, you saw him sign, you saw them sign guy, I said him because <laughs> LeBron's a GM. Legit, yeah. <laughs> you saw, yeah. No, you said you see you see the team sign like guys who are gonna push you over the top. You know what I mean? And you know, no disrespect to guys like you know Damian Jones and um, you know uh, the young guy like Thomas Bryant. Those guys, Thomas but Bryant? you know, Thomas Bryant's solid. He is. Yeah, I think not that they're behind in the past to make his championship runs. So. Um, it's interesting. I think I think they definitely gonna have to make a move. I think I think at the end of the day, I think Kyrie is gonna end up there. I just don't know how yeah. it's gonna happen. Um, and obviously, I think everybody's kind of waiting on the Kevin Durant thing, which is looking you know less and less likely to happen because I think it's just too much. I think it's gonna be too much. But I think somehow Kyrie is gonna end up in LA, and uh, we'll see, we'll see if they can make that push for LeBron's fifth ring. I hope you're right, man, because, you know, to me, there's moves being made. Their sons just re-signed DeAndre Ayton. Celtics win got Malcolm Brogdon. It's like uh, Christian Wood to the Mavs. Like, there's too much going on right now for the Lakers to really stay stagnant coming off of a season where they didn't make the playoffs. So, I feel like something has to be done. And getting guys, you know, uh, I forgot who they got from the Warriors. Uh, Juan Toscano-Anderson, like, to me, those aren't championship-type moves. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think it's tough because, like like I mentioned earlier, like people are just, just stuck. Like teams are stuck. You saw the Suns. In, I feel like the Suns were kind of almost stuck and they had to match DeAndre Aiden's offer because they're waiting on Kevin Durant. Yeah. Um, you look at teams like Miami hasn't really made any moves because they're waiting on Kevin Durant. Like I think that's the same thing with the Lakers. The Lakers are waiting for Kyrie, but they're not making any moves until Kevin Durant's moved. And uh, it's a it's a tough situation for these for these contending teams because these are teams that were at the top of the East and the West last year. Besides the yeah. Lakers, but I mean you can you could say the Lakers are, are going to be a top team healthy, um, but the, the, you know the Suns and the Heat were at the top of the East and the West last year, and they're kind of just uh, they haven't really made any moves. Oh, Warriors, we saw, and we oh my God, we didn't even talk about that. We saw the Warriors. 
during summer league, if that's any indication of where this shit's going, bro, the Warriors are going to be a problem for the next four or five years. And Moody and Kaminga are and Wiseman are playing like yeah. that in summer league, and they bring that to the team, bro. Yeah, they're going to be a absolutely problem. a problem, man. And you know, people talk about people talk about Kevin Durant going back to Golden State, and if I'm the Warriors, if I'm the Warriors, man, I'm keeping those guys. Like, yeah. Steph and Clay and Draymond, you know, I, I still think they have four or five great years left. Um, but, you know, after that, you're still – those guys, Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman, like, you're still going to be a great team. Like, you're, there's no fall-off, I don't think, after – you know, once they start developing. Yeah. Um, and it, for me, like, not that – obviously, Kevin Durant, man, everybody wants Kevin Durant. But I, I, I don't – I wouldn't mortgage the whole the whole farm, you know, when you got – you know, young guys coming in after Steph and after Clay and Draymond. I think you got to rock with those guys moving forward. Yeah, especially just coming off of a ship. Like, you just, you just yeah. won the championship, like, with that same core. And now you're adding in healthy James Wiseman. You're adding in more depth behind. Like, you lose Gary Payton, which I think was a really big loss for them. But you add in a lot more depth that was there, but just more tenured now. To me, yeah. man, I, I just don't see how they, they don't run it back. They look – I mean, with that setup – how do they lose again? Like, I just don't see it, bro. Like, yeah. there's they are going to be a very tough out for the next three, four years. They keep Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman. I wouldn't ship all those guys for KD either. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Um, and and we, we forget them. We forget, man. Jordan Poole is like 22, 23 years old. Man. Like, I, you know, I think if, to get KD, you're going to have to include at least him and Wiggins as well. Yeah. Like, I think he, are both yeah, those guys signed. Uh, Jordan Poole's got one more year. Wiggins has one more year. Um, okay. But I think I think Jordan Poole is restricted next year, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. So they kind of control their destiny on on his contract. Um, but you know those guys are still young pieces, man. And you know yeah. they they're Wiggins Wiggins and Poole especially are proven in the playoffs. I I don't I just don't if I'm the Warriors I wouldn't make the move for KD not at this point. It's too much. It's too much. And KD's 33, so you already have aging players and Steph, Clay, and Draymond, the vets that are needed. At some point, there has to be a transition. And if you're able to walk in and say, you know what, Steph, Clay, uh, Dre, your guys' contracts are up here in the next three years, four years, I think, for Steph. Your guys' contracts are up. We got rookie deals that are coming up for Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody. It's kind of that time. Like, yeah. I think it would be a perfect transition, man. Like, it's it's set up for these guys to be winning for a very long time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, it, man, it'll be interesting, man. I think, like 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 you said, man, we saw some great things out of those guys. And, you know, we'll see we'll see what the future holds for them, man. So, I, I'm excited to see their development and, you know, the, uh, the evolution of those guys moving forward. Yeah, the off-season talks, man. All off-season. Yeah. That's what we get to do, just like in football, right? Yeah, and, man, football as well, man. Like like we mentioned in the beginning of the show, man, there's a lot of football news going on. We haven't really tapped into it too much, but I think yeah. this is the perfect opportunity to, to, to get into it, man. So let's talk some football. Um, obviously, there's a lot of a lot of great moves, you know, that happened this, this off-season. Um, a lot of, you know, changing of the guard you could say in the AFC and the NFC. Uh yeah. what what do you think the big the biggest move that you saw this summer um in the NFL, the, the most exciting move you've seen? I think the whole wide receiver shift was probably the craziest thing. Just seeing like Tyreek Hill go to Miami, seeing Devontae go to the Raiders, like 
just the amount of uh, the receivers that got paid too, like that whole receiver thing to me was crazy because it really changed the landscape of some of these teams. Like I think just trading overall in general, Russell Wilson going to the Broncos, like it wasn't like this was just a dry off season. There was so much movement that I can't even really pinpoint and be like, nah, this was the move that, that did it. It's like, there were several moves trades that like shook up how I view a lot of these teams. So uh, to me, just seeing the receivers, the way that they went, the contracts being given out, and in those major deals, bro, it's uh, it was really different seeing this NFL offseason. What about you, man? Yeah, man, for me, it's got to be the AFC West, man. Uh, obviously, you know, I'm a Chargers guy. Uh, <laughs> Chargers, Chargers made a lot of big moves. Yeah. Um, but just looking at it, man, looking at, you know, the Broncos getting Russell Wilson, you know, sharing up the defense, uh, you know, obviously they got, you know, Jerry Judy, Corlin Sutton, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, uh, looking at those guys. And you look at the Raiders, man, big moves with, uh, you know, uh, Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams. Yeah. Like the, the Chiefs, the Chiefs still are, are the Chiefs. Obviously, they lose Tyreek Hill, but you still got Pat Mahomes back there, man. I think the AFC West is going to be just a gauntlet. It's like, stacked, bro. It's going to be, it's going to be a gauntlet, man. It's going to be, you know, you get, Whoever comes out of that division is going to be is playoff tested already because you're playing in my in my opinion you're playing six playoff games in the in the regular season. How many of those division. teams? How many of those teams at AFC West? Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers, Raiders. How many of those teams make the playoffs? Uh, man, I think it's crazy because I think all four potentially could make the playoffs. No, obviously all all four can't. You know, but I think like any of those four teams could make the playoffs. Yeah, I think, but I think only two are gonna make it just because of the schedule. I think yeah. it's gonna be like it's gonna be the records are gonna be so, the records aren't gonna be reflective of what of how good those teams are because of you know how tough their schedules are. So you got two um, in, which two are I out? Got two I want to hear. I want to hear which two are out. Oh, oh man, back, I got. Yeah, yeah, we back, we back. I got <laughs> so you know who I got number one, man. I got the Chargers. <laughs> okay. Twelve and five, thirteen and four. I got the Chargers. Okay. Um, I got to hear the next one. And then, and then for me, man, you just, for me, you can't you can't count out Patrick Mahomes, man. I think I think the Chiefs, man, somehow will get it done. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know Tyreek Hill is a, a huge loss in my opinion. Um, but I think just I think the Chiefs are still gonna just find a way to, to to get there. So I don't see how you lead it. How can you lead the Broncos off of there though, bro? Like that's to me that's wild because the Broncos are like with Russ, with Judy, with Sutton, with all these guys. Like it just makes sense. Like the team, they're the offense is stacked, the defense is good. Like to me, it just seems wild that that team and then even the Raiders with Devontae and their offense is set up like. It seems wild that one of those two teams for sure is going to be out. Maybe two is going to be out. Because I got the Broncos. I got the Broncos ahead of the Chargers. And I know everybody's going to be like, oh, the Chargers. You get the hype with Russ. Um, And I I get it, man. But, yeah, no, I get it, man. Uh Uh-oh. Freezing up a little bit. We back. We're gonna come back in just a second though. Cause I gotta hear this. Oh yeah, you good? Off. Oh yeah, we good. Uh you back? All right. We back, yeah. Baby. So 
for me, man, I feel I feel like the Broncos just aren't proven, man. I feel like, you know, obviously I think it's going to be tough with the first year. Obviously, you know, Russ first year in the system. Um, and I think people forget, man, it's just, it's not that easy just to, you know, plug in a player and boom, you're in the playoffs. You're making a deep playoff run. Like, obviously, we saw Tom Brady do it. And I think that's, you know, a, an outlier because, you know, obviously Tom Brady's a you know, a, one of the greatest of all time. But for me, man, I, I not that I don't think the Broncos will be bad. I just I don't see them making that first year, you know, playoff push. Or maybe just me. Maybe just the, maybe just the personal Russ, opinion. Bro, I, just, I know Russ is go. Russ is gonna go crazy because he left the Seahawks. He wanted out of the Seahawks for a reason. And when I look yeah. at Jerry Judy, I look at Cortland Sutton, Javante Williams. The setup is there for him to have the young guys and just be the vet. It almost you said Tampa reminds me a lot of that situation. So I just don't see how they go in and lose a whole bunch of games with that setup. Uh, whereas to me, the Chargers, even though they have the talent. We ain't seen Herbert put the wins together. Brandon Staley ain't put the wins together that you want to see. So you mentioned 12 and 12 and 5 or 13 and 4. Like to me, that would take a huge leap from Justin Herbert proving proving himself as a winner, which we haven't yet seen yet. He's put the stats see, up. This is my thing. This, winner yet. And this is my thing. Everybody's been saying that about the Chargers, man. And you know, obviously I you know quarterbacks are judged by wins and losses. If you look at the moves that the Chargers made this offseason, man, Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, Kyle Van Noy, Bryce yeah. Callahan, those are all def- – Sebastian Joseph Day, those are all defensive moves. And you look at the Chargers last year, a top-five offense and a bottom-five defense, and they yeah. were still 9-8. and eight. We're still a 9-8 and eight team. And I, I think I said this a couple weeks ago, like if the Chargers just have a top-15 defense, like that's – you're looking at at least two more wins in my opinion – just based off that, because, man, like, when we look at the team last year, where the offense is putting up 30-some points a game. Right. But we're just giving up – we're giving up 30 points a game. <laughs> so, <laughs> if we if we can get the defense under control, man, I think I think that's that's the turning point for, for Herbert, man. I think he's done a great job. Two years he's been, you know, leads the NFL in touchdowns, passing yards, you know, so on and so forth. Um I think it's I think it's the other side of the ball for the Chargers. I think I think the offense yeah. has done a great job and I think it's the defensive part that needs to be shored up. And I think that's something that they definitely address. Yeah. Well that's gonna be six that's, six that's games. Awesome. That's six tough games in that division, man. So to me, that's that is if they go thirteen and four, twelve and five, or twelve whatever the record is, seventeen games. I don't yeah. know how to calculate anymore since they changed <laughs> it. But yeah. if that's the case, bro, there's gonna be that's an MVP type season, bro. Like with yeah, Josh Allen, because Josh Allen, the Bills are going to go 13 and four or 14 and three. Mm-hmm. So you thinking that AFC is probably going to be the number one, Chargers are going to be the number one seed or number two seed with the bye? I, I, I see them one or two. Um, I think, I think the Bills, you know, might have a, a good chance just because they're, I think their division's a little weaker. Uh, and I think, you know, they probably have a little easier road. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for me, man, you know, like you mentioned, the MVP conversation, if the Chargers can get to 13-4, 12-5, like, if you look at the numbers, Justin Herbert's been putting up MVP-type numbers his first two years. The wins and losses just haven't come with it in a sense. So, yeah. like, last year he threw for 5,000 yards, 35-plus touchdowns. Like, those are those are MVP numbers. But you obviously you're also judged on wins and losses. 
Um, and I think that's something that, you know, if, those, if that gets, you know, if that gets rolling, you're looking at an MVP type season for Justin Herbert. I, I, I no way in hell I see an MVP season for Justin Herbert, bro. He would have to do some crazy, crazy numbers. And I think just being in that division. What, well, so what, what was last crazy. year? Last year was 5,000 yards isn't crazy? Hey, he was great. last The last two years, Justin Herbert has been great. Don't get me, don't get it twisted. But you mentioned it earlier. Quarterbacks are judged on wins and losses, bruh. Wins and losses. So unless the Chargers can go in and just dominate that division, which they're not going to, they can go in there and just dominate the division. The defense is, is massively overpowered. And they have a better record than the Bills because Josh Allen's going to have probably the best record in the AFC. Unless that happens... Ain't no way in hell Justin Herbert wins MVP. Yeah, I, I I hear you on that. I hear you on that. I think it's the I think the AFC is gonna be tough. Um, <laughs> we got we got our guy Bruce said Herbert is not gonna be MVP even on Madden. Man, not even Bruce, on Madden. <laughs> Bruce, man, we're gonna have to come back to this in February. We're gonna have to come back to this in February, Bruce. Uh, this is my thing. This is my thing, man. You said he's gonna put some crazy numbers. So is it only the wins and losses, or is he going to have to put up even more numbers than, he, than he's already has the prior, the prior two seasons? I think it's a combination of both. So Justin Herbert's like 4,800 yards. I think it was almost 30, 30 touchdowns last year. And the offense yeah. is pretty similar to what it was last year. But when I look at Josh Allen, he's going to have to take more on his shoulders this year. Probably going to have an easier path to a better record. And you're also dealing with like Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes, who have less weapons around them. So if they, if they produce more, it'll kind of be like, Oh shit, these guys are MVP because they're doing it without Tyreek Hill doing it without Hollywood Brown. So to me, I see that almost being a hindrance to Justin Herbert. They got a better defense. He's probably not going to even have to put up the same offensive numbers that he did last year. Yeah. But (laughs) see, that's, that's, that's the thing, man. Like, so you don't you don't want the Chargers to put weapons around him like just because he has the weapons? Hey, I like, can't be that's... mad. I can't be mad at Herbert. Like I can't. But when I'm yeah. looking at MVP or just what I think potentially he's going to be, I could almost see not necessarily like him having a down year, but just a little bit of regression with the numbers because the defense is going to be. You're not going to have to put up 30 points again. You won't have to be a top five offense if the defense yeah. is a top 15 defense. You won't have to put up those same numbers. So. It yeah. might be a gift and a curse type thing for Herbert in this case, but I think he's one of the elite QBs. I just don't think he's the MVP. I think that yeah. he, it's probably going to be Josh Allen, or I think it'll be like Pat Mahomes uh, coming and showing that even without Tyreek Hill, he can still put up a 5,000-yard yeah. season. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we mentioned, we mentioned, you know, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert, man, those all AFC guys. You're not, you're not getting anybody from the NFC? What do you, what do you think about the NFC? NFC, man, is, is so I look at the NFC and I see the Bucks, I see potentially the Rams and the Niners. That's that's it to me, like that can contend in the NFC for Super Bowl. Uh, I feel like the Packers are obviously Devontae Adams and more way more pieces away. There's nobody in the NFC East that's even close. And then like the Cardinals and the C- the Saints and the Vikings, they're all yeah. kind of like back tier team. So to me. I'm looking at those three teams. If I got to pick somebody from the NFC to win MVP, it's Brady. It's Brady. Even yeah. without Gronk, uh, I just feel like without Gronk, it might be the same Mahomes, Lamar Jackson thing we're talking about where you prove you could do it without weapons. Who you who you like yeah. in the NFC, dude? 
And, man, you know, it's interesting, man. We talked about the moves earlier. Obviously, the change, the wide receiver change and the quarterback change. Man, I think when we saw Tom Brady retire and he saw these moves being made, I think Tom Brady looked at the NFC and said, man, I got another chance. Like, yep. the NFC was looking a little weak, man. Everybody, I feel like, from the NFC moved to the AFC. Um, and then, obviously, I feel like the AFC is just, you know, top-heavy and, you know, stacked in a sense. Um, there's going to be a lot of good yeah. teams that won't make the playoffs. And I think Tom kind of looked and was like, man, I think we got another chance at this. And I think that's ultimately why he came back. Um, I, for me, I think I, I think it's the Bucks, man. I think it's the Bucks. Back 2019-ish. Yeah. Was it 2019 or 2020? 2020 they won, right? 2020. Yeah, 2020. I think the defense is going to get back to to that. Um, and I – you there? I'm still here. All right, yeah. So, yeah, I think you get Chris Godwin back probably midseason. Uh, they had the – you know, the signing of Russell Gage from Atlanta. Um, yep. Big signings for them, man. So, yeah, we'll see. And the division isn't really that hard. It's the Saints. Yeah, absolutely. The, the Panthers, Panthers and Falcons are, we're not worried about them. You don't so like Baker? Take, nah, nah. Baker, <laughs> Baker, he's good for six, seven wins, bro. That's it. Okay, okay. That's okay, it. Okay. Jameis now, the Saints might be a different story because that defense is going to be top five. And if, Michael Thomas comes back healthy. They drafted Chris Olave. If Alvin Kamara doesn't get suspended, they got Jarvis Landry. Jarvis now. Landry, like, yeah, bro, that it might yeah. be a better look than people think. So, to me, I'm looking at this at this Saints team, and I'm like, they might be in the mix for like a wild card spot, bro. And I got, hey, I got Jameis comeback player of the year plus eight hundred. That's sitting real yeah. nice right now with me, bro. <laughs> yeah, I think you know it's interesting about the NFC, man. I think if it's not. You know the Bucks. I think it's gonna be. I think. <laughs> hey, Bruce, Bruce, man. Hey, Bruce. Come on, man. Hey, Bruce. Come how you on, doing the Wi-Fi, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> we gonna get this figured out for next week, Bruce. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> nah. But I think if it's not the Bucks, man, I think we're gonna see something like the AFC last year, where it's a surprise team, like how the Bengals were. Man, I think it's gonna be you know a team like the Saints or you know the Vikings that kind of just you know come out of nowhere. And you know, yeah. make a good, a, a crazy playoff run. Um, and I think that's something that that we'll see out of the NFC um, this this season. Yeah, I think for I think the Cardinals are one of those sneaky teams too. They started off really hot last year. DeAndre Hopkins got hurt, Kyler Murray got hurt, and now they brought in Hollywood Brown too. So and Zach Ertz came in towards the end of last year. I think that might be one of those sleeper teams at NFC West outside of the Seahawks uh, with Trey Lance, the Niners. This, the Rams are going to be running it back. That's going to be a tough-ass division, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I think it's it'll be interesting because, you know, you got DeAndre Hopkins out the first six games, um, and then we're kind of just stuck with the – you know, people haven't really been talking about Kyler. You know, he still yeah. wants that contract. He said he's not playing until he gets that contract. Um, and we'll see if that's something that, you know, kind of hurts the team. We'll see if the team, you know, says we don't want, we don't want that as a distraction. action yeah. and, you know to keep in mind and you know continue to to look forward to yes sir yes sir we'll see who you got coming out of the nfc you said you got the bucks i got the bucks and i got the chargers uh, Super Bowl. Chargers. uh yeah yeah so let me we'll get the see. bills I think the bills okay. and the niners 
Niners. Oh my god. Bills and the Niners, baby. Send oh, it. That's the homer pick, though. <laughs> hey, if it's, if it's okay, Niners, okay. hey, Niners Chargers, we got to find a way to get to the Super Bowl, bro. If it's Niners Chargers, we're going to the Super Bowl, dog. Uh, where is it this year? I, I have no clue, but we're going to make a, find a way to get yeah. there, dog. Oh, yeah, we'll make it work for sure, man. We'll make Probably it work. Vegas, huh? Uh, I don't think, yeah. I think it's, I think it's, if I'm not, I think it's Arizona. Is it? Super Bowl? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I don't think it's Vegas yet. I think Vegas is in a couple of years. I know it's coming. I know Vegas a, is coming. That's going to be a crazy Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, this year, it's com- it is Arizona this year. It'll be yeah. in Elysian Stadium 2024. No, Arizona's next year. Arizona is next year. This year, it's in uh, Inglewood. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. So, they're going – oh, they're going – the Rams host it this year? No, that was this no, year. No, no, no. They just, they just did. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, 2023. Okay, okay. We're going to Arizona, and then yeah, it's so. Arizona, and then Las Vegas the year. Oh, Las Vegas Super Bowl. That's going to be crazy. Yeah, it's going to be wild, man. Be a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of things going on there for sure. Facts. Facts. But good shit, man. Yes, sir, man. So, all right, y'all. We're going to wrap it up. That's uh, another episode of Talk. Yo, Talk. Uh, it's my guy, Justin uh, Marcus. Next week, we're getting just more NFL. Uh, you know, look forward uh, to the NBA season. You know, hopefully we'll see we'll see if some Kevin Durant news drops, some Kyrie Irving news drops. Um, but stay tapped in with us, man. We'll be, uh, we'll be, we'll be uh, you know, consistent. We'll get the Wi-Fi figured out, and uh, we'll get we'll get it rocking <laughs> next week. So. So, Bruce, so Bruce ain't talking shit to us in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> All good. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs>